Okay, so today we're talking about cultural baggage in karate, what we have kept and what we have lost, and hopefully the whys and wherefores, and maybe we can straighten out our own brains about what we've done. So we're going to start talking about bowing. Now, me, Bob and Brian have all come from different backgrounds uh, and have different amounts of cultural baggage as to bowing ceremonies or whatever as you came in or out of the dojo. So starting at the beginning, I suppose, coming in and out of a dojo, we will still bow. I believe, Brian, you said you do not do that anymore. Personally, I don't. I can't, there's, there's times, if there's people in there, I kind of give a half ass bow. <laughs> I don't know why, really, because I'm going into a room. I don't feel like I'm going into a spiritual place or, or anything like that. It's just somewhere that I train. So, yeah, I, I, I dropped it. And, I, and we're going to jump into it a little bit already that I teach kids and I teach adults. So where I teach the kids, we've kind of kept it. And it's just to give them a routine and sort of that, that kind of regimental thing where they, they'll have these set things that they have to do. But the adults I'm a lot more relaxed with. Um, so, yeah, for me, I've, I've, I've dropped the bowing just on the way into a, into, a, into a room. That is, on Sundays, it's used as a church hall for, for religious people. You know, during the week, it's a girl guide meeting place. And so, yeah, it, it just seems a bit funny, but it's not my dojo. It's not a purpose-built dojo for, for, for me or my students. Would you bow if it was a purpose-built dojo? <laughs> if it was mine, no, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I see it as a building, really. I just see it as a building. It's, it's, it, it, it doesn't seem that special to me. You know, it's somewhere where I train. And I, I mean, I, I've spent the last year training in my garage, you know, so I don't bow every time I go in my garage. That is effectively my garage is now my dojo. Um, so yeah, when I go out there to to lift weights, hit the bag, or whatever I do, you know, I don't bow on the way in and on the way out of the garage. It would seem weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, much the same for me as far as that's concerned. Um, I haven't made an issue of it one way or the other. It's just something that I've let slide. I don't do it when I come in and out of the room anymore. Um, if I go to seminars or somebody else's place that I don't know, then I tend to default back to the formalities until I know better. Um, but what I do find is that people come in to me, have their own thing that they do. So I'm not looking for anything or enforcing anything. But, you know, Will, you know, stopping, yeah, him, yeah. stopping him would be harder than just letting it go on. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, it's what makes people themselves comfortable rather than me requiring something. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's a bit... Coming in and out, um, I haven't really... I mean, certainly for the kids' class... I think that's quite good because it gives them sort of like, right, you're now going to do something else. It just gives them another point of reference. Yeah, but I, I only deal with adults. So yeah. I, I don't see that as an issue. I don't need that demarcation. I think for the adults, I've been bowing in and out of rooms for so many years that I do, but I will not bow when I go into my garage, the same as you, Bryce. So I don't think it's, it's something I even thought about changing, really, because it's such a small deal. And probably, though, I don't know. I mean, I would say my bowing is generally really half-arsed. So is that bowing then? If you're bowing half arse, I don't know. This is well, this, this ain't going to work on the podcast, but for the YouTube YouTubers that are watching it, that's kind of it for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, literally a nod of the head. You know, I walk in and say, oh, and that's about it. Yeah, well, um, the trouble with that as a cultural yeah. baggage thing is that 
the half-assed thing is probably worse it in a real is. Japanese situation <laughs> I'm being than more offensive <laughs> not doing it at all. If you're not doing it at all, then it's yeah. just understood you're from a different culture. But if you have that half-assed go at it, it's you know you're deliberately I, being disrespectful. Yeah, than... I, I think it's it, it, it's possibly. I don't want to do it, but it's kind of like you said, it's ingrained. So yeah, you know, so I, I, it's, it's not. I don't want to. I don't. I don't see the point really. Not for for, for the way I train and the, what I do. I don't, you know, so I don't see the point. So yeah, I should probably not even just nod the <laughs> nod my. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a habit. It's built in after yeah. 20, 30, yeah. 40 years of training. Uh, yeah. you, know, you don't even know what you're doing and what you're not doing half the okay. time. Okay, so we were talking about it earlier. As you get into the room, something I think only you did, Bob, or were mm -hmm. expected to do it, your I think, was to then go and bow to senior grades. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was not... You know, if you were the white belt beginner and there were 30 people in the room of all the rainbow belts, you had to go and bow to everybody individually. And if two senior grades were standing there having a conversation, you couldn't interrupt. You had to stand there and wait for them to acknowledge you before you could bow to them as well. I bet they milked that and all, didn't they? <laughs> well, so, just, some, just fucking wait there, white belt. <laughs> so, some people would do that just to make a point. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's that's the level it was at, you know, and that was expected was that you did say, that. A, a similar thing then, because we didn't do that, but a similar thing, and, and maybe that was across the board, um, if you was in waiting for class to start and a senior would walk to the door, we'd all turn, turn and, yeah, and bow to the door or bow mm -hmm. to the senior at the door. Yeah. So we, we did that, um, but not quite to the extreme of, yeah, bowing yeah. to... That just seems like an awfully... Sad load of old bullshit, frankly. Yeah, but we don't do it anymore. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I suppose it comes down to that respect thing, doesn't it? You know, it's, it's uh, respecting your seniors and. Um, yeah, yeah, but so we're going to veer wildly off topic very quick there, uh, because to me, there's a massive difference between respect and respect which is the trademarked value of this is part of the thing that you do. And this, mm -hmm. no, respect that isn't real respect is meaningless. It is just yeah, yeah. poncing about for the sake of it. I would agree with that. And that, yeah, you're right. That's not really real respect, is it? You're just doing it. No, because, no, it's dogma. Yeah. It's not anything to do yeah. with you individual. Yeah. So after that, then we used to, or, well, I'll come back to that, uh, what we do, but... There would be the kneeling ceremony or the Caesar at the start. We and you yeah. and Bob about uh to the senior grades and stuff. So I mean our one was you'd go in, everyone would kneel down, you'd bow to the sensei. If there was any other black belts, you'd bow to all of them in one, and then you'd all bow to everyone at the same time. Yeah. And you'd get on with it. Mm -hmm. Now we do something still like that with the kids. We'll still do the kneeling down and the bowing. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the adults, we do a standing bow and get on with it. And I think, so the, the reason I keep it for the kids but not the adults is that the kids are more likely to grow up, go somewhere else, and if they go and they've got a vague idea what karate is, mm -hmm. then they will be, they won't just walk into a dojo and, and do something immediately wrong where some complete bell end of a sensei has a right go at them. Mm -hmm. They've got that sort of 
they've got the cultural baggage which they may not need but it will, could be useful for them if they move clubs go to university all that sort of old crap yeah whereas the adults are grown up enough to be able to fend for themselves and i'll explain to them what we used to do and i'll show them because they'll usually come in while at the back end of the kids class and they'll see us doing a bow out mm-hmm. and go well we don't do that and you explain to them why yeah yeah, so yeah. keep it for the kids again ritual get some sort of invested that's the class starting you can stop dicking around now but for the adults now yeah no, no well it was exactly the same i've had those conversations with my guys and, and demonstrated well this is what we used to do this is how we did it just so they're aware of these things but it's not part of our ritual yeah well i i, I don't do it for our juniors or our seniors we we would sort of bow at the start just a standing bow mm-hmm. um and i think we, we talked about this in in a previous conversation that it's just almost like signifying the start and the end of the lesson really yeah about to begin it about to end um but um i go to the, the, the aikido or aikido jiu-jitsu club and they do the formal bowing at the start and at the at, at the end and there's some clappy hand stuff going on in the middle as well it's, it was totally new to me when i first went there it doesn't mean anything to you know don't disrespect uh ros and dim when i say it just doesn't mean anything to me do you know what i mean i'll do it because it's not my dojo um I'm, I'm i'm in somebody else's dojo um so i'm just following their rules but yeah it, it has no no spiritual me- meaning for me or anything you know i'm just i'm just doing it because that's what they do um, yeah and to be honest don't you think that's what 90 percent of the people who go to a karate club do they're not doing it for any reason other than, well, this is the rules and this is the ritual of what we do. It has no meaning for them. Mm. And this is the trouble with cultural baggage outside the culture. Although I would be interested to know how much of this culture that we have in karate has anything to do with genuine daily Japanese culture. I suspect a fair point. not a lot. We're coming on to that later, I think. Okay. Other topics. <laughs> Fair enough. But as yeah, as Brian says, I still use the standing bow because it, I'm basically using it as punctuation. We line up when we start the class. Standing bow. We start, and that just demarks. Okay, the class has started now. When I finished rabbiting at the end, even though you know me, I'll carry on talking until everybody's left the room. The bow at the end demarks when the official class has finished as well. And that's all it's for. It's punctuation at the start and end of the class. So one of the good things I think about says that, and I'm trying desperately to remember who I read it from, but it was someone, I think they were teaching in Japan. I may be wrong. I wish I could remember. Um, so what they would do, someone would bring a kid and go, can they come and train in your karate class? Mm-hmm. And they would say, well, have they got the concentration? And as you know, every parent goes, Yes, they'll be fine. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. yeah. And what he would do, he would make them kneel in Caesar for a minute without moving or causing any trouble. And if they could do that, he thought they'd have the concentration to do a karate class. Mm-hmm. So what I do in my gradings for the, the smaller ones, certainly, is part of their gradings, they have to do Caesar for a minute mm-hmm. without moving or fidgeting or picking a nose or scratching their bum and all the stuff I say to them to make them laugh. Then you get them in Caesar. And then they do it for a minute. And if they move, I fail them. Mm-hmm. And all their mums have gone, oh, I brought little Johnny here because he's got ADHD and he can't sit still. And then you demonstrate you can when he wants something bad enough. And they're like, oh, my God. 
and they're all really <laughs> and I say you know and then I just make a joke of you need to go over and practice this now and, and show your mum dad you can sit there like for 20 minutes or something and all the parents laugh and all the kids go off and, but it's quite a good thing to show them that they can sit still and do nothing if they want to yeah but you could um, equally just make them sit cross-legged couldn't you you could, but I actually cannot sit cross-legged in any way comfortably at all. Hmm. Kids so generally can, though, can't they? Body. Yeah, just your old. Just your old. No, I never <laughs> could, even when I was young. Right, okay. But that is a point with the Cesar, though. When you, apart from myself, if you take my average class, if I got anybody under fifty, that's a, a real uh, mixed session. You try and get a group of 50 plus year olds to sit in Sosa and then get back off the fucking floor again. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's not going to happen. and groaning on the way down and lots it, of moaning and groaning on the way up. Not going to happen. And there, there's no elegance to it or ritual to it, you know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you could, yeah, you could sit cross legged. It doesn't really matter what the position is, but just that mm. position of sitting and doing that thing for some kids is actually quite mm. good. Yeah, because they don't get quiet time in their lives at all anymore. No, no. You know, this is completely off topic, but since you brought it up, it's because it's something that was discussed recently. And it's this being bored. My life as a child was Sunday afternoons, sit in the living room. No, you can't go up to your bedroom and play. No, you can't have the telly on. You have to sit and be quiet. Your dad's having a nap. And I would have to sit there for an hour and a half, two hours, just being bored on the sofa doing nothing, not making a noise, not saying anything. So it was a different way of life. And I don't think people have that now. Well, no, but, and that's the thing. I think every generation feels the same about that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So we sort of look, I sort of look and go, God, the kids are always on their phone. I can't believe it's a real blah, blah, blah. And our parents probably looked at us and went, my God, they always want to look at the telly. Yeah. All that, it was, and I saw something, and again, I can't remember, I saw it and it was all about, someone have written down, oh, why can't people get out in the real world instead of bloody reading books all the time? And it came from when books started becoming a thing. And it was like, yeah. whereas now, kids reading a book, brilliant. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Then, nah, books, bloody rubbish. Do some real things. Yeah, so all I'm saying there, though, is that there are things that you build into a kid's karate class that are beneficial to the children yeah. and typically go on the list of things that are the marketing for the benefits of going to karate. Yeah. which aren't really to do with the karate itself. The culture itself is harking back to a time that we seem to have lost. Yeah, potentially. So sometimes when you were sitting in Sazer at the start and the end, and we never did this, I think you said, Bob, that your old dojo used to do, recite the dojo come. Or the karate do. It was the short version. Oh, okay. I see, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the dojo can would only happen if basically we had some guest in or a big instructor and there was somebody there who knew it. <laughs> and when I say who knew it, who knew the Japanese pronunciation and cadence of it. I mean, again, though, I mean, I, so didn't the Cubs and the Scouts used to have a, a, mm. a promise? A promise yeah. or something they had to yeah. be from the start. And so I sort of thought <laughs> maybe all. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe that's more of a kid's thing originally. I don't know in Japan. I suppose not, because in Japan originally it wasn't kid's thing, was it? Correct? No, I don't. Well, this is the thing. I don't think it's so much 
an age-related thing, but if you look back at the Cubs, it was because it was a Christian organisation. And what you're doing is overlaying a religious structure on something that is seen as a physical activity or a group activity. And I think there's a, a lot of that similar attachment to the cultural baggage that goes with the karate that we practice. It's not about the physicality. It's about the spirituality, which is not what I'm doing. Which is also a bit of an issue, because I'm pretty sure the dojo kind doesn't say anything that's bad in it. And some no. God, yeah, we've, we've never had to recite it, or I've never had to learn it. I don't, I, I think I might have looked at it once or twice. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, isn't it, don't be an arsehole. <laughs> Could you just have a short and abbreviated yeah. version of it? Well, it's basically that's, that's what it is in my club. Yeah, don't be a, don't one be a, on the applied uh, shrewing group, isn't it? Is yeah, that's, yeah, the philosophy yeah. of life is don't be a dick. But it's just polite ways of saying it. But when you have to list, this is the thing that bugs me, is that if you're an adult, don't be a dick is sufficient. Yeah. If you're a child, you have to list things for Every, people yeah. so that they know, well, what constitutes being a it's dick being and what a dick, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are reasons why these things go in there because you're still at the stage where people are forming how they interact in society. Uh, which so so yeah so for, for for kids that can be beneficial then even a modernised version of the the original dojo yeah, it, do, it doesn't need to be yeah. the Japanese yeah. formal does it but there, no. there could be benefit to it mm. although I think people potentially or people I say people if it was introduced as oh this is the Japanese thing you do because you're doing the Japanese karate mm -hmm. people may be actually happier doing it than if you said right this is the version I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just because they're no, they don't understand the words. This is the thing. What we no, always I'm had with about saying it in Japanese, I'm talking about using the actual translation of the actual what it actually said. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. But I just think people might buy into it because you go, oh yeah, this is what is always it's traditional. If you tell people that, people buy into hmm. stuff quite a lot. But it, it makes sense in the original concept, reciting it in Japanese in a Japanese situation. Yeah. People hmm. learning the Japanese words phonetically, but not knowing what they're saying doesn't serve a purpose. Although we could have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> no, don't do that, that's naughty. Right, good. Yes. So moving on from that, so then we've all got back up again. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, we should have come back to this one earlier. I'll come back to that in a minute, we'll stick with bowing. So bowing at the start and the end of Kata. <laughs> oh. Bless me. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Um, I think we still pretty much do that, although with the adults, I think sometimes, I don't know, I think we still do it. Yeah, and I, and I would quite happily say that I still do it, but not to any other purpose than the fact that it's so ingrained as what I do, that breaking that habit would take a lot of conscious effort. And, and it's much like starting and ending the class. It's punctuation to say, okay, I've started Makata now. Bow it at the end. I've finished Makata now. It's just a demarcation. But that's, that's trying to rationalise it rather than the fact I do it because it's a habit. Yeah, I'd agree. Do you still do it, Brian? I do, yeah. Yeah, similar reasons for what, what Bob's just said, really. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's that ingrained... Um, 
and I, and I do that a bit more than half asked. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> like walking into the middle, I'm kind of, you know, all right, I'm here. Um, whereas uh, at the start, you're pretty catty. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, seems, wouldn't you be better off checking your surroundings when you finish your kata as a, as a, as a, as a, as a habitual thing to do. Mm. We can go off on a massive tangent now if you really want to. We can do, because <laughs> I don't see that that's the purpose of the formal no, traditional no. kata. But if you say, oh yeah, you wouldn't bow in the street, and you're doing defensive moves, and you go, yeah, but you can say that about literally anything in karate. And that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, someone goes, oh, you would wear shoes in the street. Oh, you wouldn't wear a gi. You wouldn't do this. You wouldn't, like, none of it is the same as the street. No. Otherwise, no. we're just having a fight in the street. That's your training. You run out mm -hmm. in the street, see the nearest person, love the bastard, then you run off again. And that's it. That's, that's, and that would be your training. Otherwise, mm -hmm. there's got to be differences. It's just fucking different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but people have got very enamoured by the street these days. Did we touch an earth there, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, again, it's a massive tangent we're going off on, but this is one of my bugbears and has been over the last couple of years now. I can see it heading more and more that way. People are so focused on, it's got to be defence, it's got to be relevant for the street. It's got to be... No, it fucking isn't. We're learning karate. We may teach with an emphasis on that. We may look at that side of it and we demark that as part of what we do. But we're not combatives. We're not just doing street fighting. So there are different things at different levels depending upon what you're doing at the time. Yeah. And people people are so myopic that oh no, you see them on the forums all the time. Well, now if if you that wouldn't work on the street, this wouldn't work on the street. You can't do so. Where's that relevant? Why doesn't somebody do that? Because yeah. somebody would have thrown. A, it's not fucking relevant to what we're doing at the moment. That's it. You've got. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah, no, well, exactly. It is an emotive subject, and it, yeah, it's not well, maybe we should do it left or right at the end of the cat. Then let's not do forget, that, let's not that, do that forget. for the moment because otherwise, you'll get me started on visualization, and that's not part of the discussion. Either. Well, well, yeah, stick to bowing, fuck's sake. Let's do that. And the end of partner work, so bunkai or sparring or anything with a partner. We still bow to the yeah. partner. If we're sparring, we bow and touch gloves. Mm -hmm. If we're wearing gloves, that is. Yeah, we yeah. again for partner work, we still do the people seem to do it with me more than they do with each other. So I don't know if I'm giving off mixed messages. But yeah, we do with partner work. Anytime you stand and face somebody before you start something, you do the half hour standing bow. It just is a thing. And again, I don't know if that's habit. I don't have any real reason for it. I think it depends what we're doing. So if it's something that is a little bit more formal and standard, I don't know, standardised. But if we were doing some some bunkai, so we, we, we're partnering up to do that, probably about the start of that. We're doing kumite, it would be that half-assed mm -hmm. bout. I just feel it's a bit more of a, I don't know, I don't know why I put a difference to it, but yeah, it's that sporting context to it. So, so okay, we'll we just touch gloves, let's, let's go. Let's have it. Um, and if I'm doing something a little bit more um, scenario based, there's nothing. There's no bowing. There's 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 nothing there. So that's yeah. okay. So once you hit scenario training, there is no formality like that at all. Well, mm. there is because there is a start in the scenario and an end in the scenario. Would well, that be where you scan your environment at the end of your no, no, scenario? No, no. Uh, so if you're doing proper scenario training, you need someone who, whoever's running it to be like, 
the scenario is now starting and then everything is and then everyone, you know, everyone bows <laughs> yeah. whereas so definitely bows but they have to be like demarcation yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. if we're doing a chaos drill and, and I've seen it's really quite funny so you I mean you, we've, we, you must have seen them when they do this we do a chaos drill you go right everyone bow at the start I know what you're going to say yeah. and then everyone does a chaos drill and some people will bow and then as they run up to the next person do the chaos they go bow and then they'll start and you're like no 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 yeah. it's yeah. got to be chaos everyone bows yeah. at the start so you know it's starting and then it's yeah. you know, people will bow in the middle of it and you're like no that's just ruined the whole drill mate yeah 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 but, but this is the trouble again with laying so much emphasis on the cultural baggage that people can't break themselves out of it. And if you're only doing traditional karate, that's fine because it is part of the whole package. Mm. But stepping away from it can become an issue. And if you're pretending to do realistic stuff, then those reactions and those ingrained behaviours can be problematic. Yeah. Which is where that argument that we were just talking about, oh, you wouldn't do that in the street, comes from, but it's just been overblown. That's the trouble with it. Yeah, and well, it's... it's like it. They just go, oh, we're going to scream. My, the bee in my bonnet is not so much that... Uh, I'll make myself popular again. <laughs> That'll be a change this week. It's not so much the ideas that people are expressing it's the fact that most of them are talking out of their ass it's just that they've heard this is what you say and they have no more comprehension than the people from the traditional side do and it's just their default position is well whatever you do is wrong because that wouldn't work in a street fight and no attempt to understand the concept or the conversation or the lesson to be learned and so yeah i don't have a lot of patience either side i'll be honest <coughs> You just don't have a lot of patience, both do you, really? I haven't got the time left to be patient, have I? So that's pretty much most... Oh, yeah, the other one, sort of to do with bowing, is sitting at the side when you're late. So we used to sit in Caesar and bow. Mm -hmm. I try to make the kids do that just because, again, it gives them... They realise they're late then for a start, which is quite nice. Yeah. Uh, but for the adults, no. Nah. Usually as they're coming in... and. And most of them will wait at the side or something, and I'll be like, no, get on in here, come on, let's go. Got to get on with the training. If they yeah. need to warm up, then I just make them suffer a bit more in a different way somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as I said with my guys, they just come in when they come in, and, you know, they might wait to be asked or whatever, but it depends what we're doing. So I have no expectation on that. But when I go somewhere else, and typically I arrive late because I'm always halfway through doing something else. I will default back to the sitting on the side and waiting to be invited in. So will I, yeah. You know. If you don't know what the rules are there, then you just do exes. Yeah, I would, I would do that if I was visiting somebody's dojo. I think if I was, if it was, you know, early doors, you know, the, the, the first few times I was going to visit, you, you, you would do that. But I'd always, <laughs> I wouldn't make a habit of being late unless, you know, mm. like I know I've got people that travel to my dojo. So Bob's one of them, you know, so um, what's it, a 40, 40 minute, 45 minute journey? Yeah, it is. It depends on the traffic or the time of day you're traveling. Well, well, that's the thing that if I, even if I'm not working at the time, if I left earlier, I would just sit in traffic for an extra half an hour mm. to do that. And to be honest, again, in, at my stage and my uh, health stage as well, 
me turning up to do 15 minutes of, of warm-ups and bouncing and the real aerobic stuff wouldn't be beneficial to me. Mm. So I, I'd just like to stay out of the way. <laughs> well, I used to go to a dojo occasionally and I knew they were always they would always do a 30, 35 minute warm-up. So I'd always turn up about 20 minutes late because I thought, I, I, I'm not going there to do the fitness. I don't want to do the fitness. No. It's a long enough drive bollocks to that. So I just turn up late and go, oh, I'll be at the side till they call me in. Mm -hmm. Five-minute warm-up, I was fine. Well, what, what I was gonna say, one thing I was going to say about that is I, I think as an instructor, you, you're going to be a bit of an arsehole if you leave somebody sitting there for five minutes or whatever. I've seen it happen. You know, just well, you're late. You, you can fucking stay there till I invite you in. I, I kind of, you know, as soon as I see somebody walk through the door, they don't even get a chance to kneel down. You know, even if they wanted to, it's just like, yeah, come on, just join in. Yeah. You know, because I understand that. You know, people travel, people work. You know, people have other commitments, and you know, they're, they're, they're coming to my to my club. You know, it's, I, I like people to be on time. It's nice. So I, you know, I, I I like to be fairly punctual myself. You know, in my job and and and. In life, you know, I try my best to be on time for everything. Apart from these Zoom meetings, I tend to turn up like a minute late or something. But, <laughs> uh, but and this is from my house. If I, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, you know, if I've if I've got somebody making the effort to come and train with me, I, I don't want them sitting at the side for like I've, I've seen. In, you know, particularly going back when I first started training um, back in the eighties, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, you'd see you'd, instructors would leave would leave students at the side and then it make them do fucking press ups before they can join in. Yeah. Yeah. We you have. Know, yeah. So, yeah, I, I have been that asshole in the past uh, <laughs> when I was running the kids class for my old association rather than when I was running my own kids class. And I did it for a specific reason. You know, they'd always been told, well, this is the formality. If you come in late, you sit and say, so wait to be invited to join. But I had a pair of kids who, for week upon week upon week had become serial offenders. You know, they were always turning up and wandering in two or three minutes late, four minutes late, five minutes late, six minutes. So the last time they did it, it was, okay, no, kneel, sit. And we just went all the way through the warm-up. We did our 15 and they're still sitting there. And one of the mums in the class is sort of giving me that. Yeah, I know they're still there. And yeah. basically they got fed up and left. All right. <laughs> so I went out to have a chat with them or somebody else took on the warm-ups. But that was it, really. That was their last day. But they'd obviously lost interest. They were just pissing about. Um, so I, I was the big bad I said no at that point, and I made them do it. And that brought the situation to an end because they just I didn't think, come back yeah. anymore. I, th I think in that situation, though, know, you've kind of got a serial offender and you know they're not making the effort to, yeah. to even, even bother to be on time, whereas... In, in, in my situation, I, like I said, I know that you travel and I know, mm -hmm. you know, you have to deal with a busy motorway, which can have its problems. And like you said, if you leave earlier. So it, for, for you, although you are a serial offender, I take oh, into yeah. account <laughs> I take into account that you're traveling, you know, and, and, uh -huh. and, 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 and the reasons why you were late. And then, but if I had somebody who was local in that similar thing, you could tell it went interest. I might, you know, I, I might do that to, sort of set an example as yeah, okay you're going to constantly be late we need to we need to nip this in the bud maybe mm -hmm. i'd have a word instead you know just say that yeah the class starts at seven you know you're only fucking five minutes down the road if you're dealing yeah. with grown-ups you should be able to have a grown-up conversation and and this is where i have a lot of trouble with the cultural baggage is that 
there's a tendency to or to treat everybody as if they were six years old. Mm. And I, I don't feel happy with that dealing in an entirely adult market. Yeah, and I think some of that potentially comes from people who have never had any standing or any power over anyone and they come up through the crisis and suddenly they've got power over a load of people yeah. and they really probably shouldn't have. Fucktards. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could go on to that one in more detail at some point, probably. Uh -huh. Yeah. But I'm going to bring up sweeping the floor or polishing uh -huh. the floor or. Sand the floor. Exactly. <laughs> well, sweeping the floor, I don't think. I try to remember when I came up through training. You didn't usually do it unless you turned up really early. If I turn up early, I'll sweep. Well, I usually do turn up first. So I'll sweep the floor now in my own dojo because I'm the first one there. Frankly, I haven't got time to tit around and it's not a purpose-built place. So there's been people in there with shoes and all sorts of crap mm -hmm. all over the place. So I will sweep the floor. What is really nice though, because I do the kids first for the adults, is that a lot of the time, some of the parents will turn up and they'll start helping out and they'll sweep the floor for me. They go, I'll do that if you want to get ready. And that's really quite nice. Um, mm. and I've got some good parents like that. And even some of the kids have done it sometimes. So but I don't make anyone do it. No. Well, again, going back historically, the association I came up through, sweeping the floor was the responsibility of the lowest grade there. That was your job. You were supposed to come in. The first thing you do after you've bowed to everybody is sweep all the floors for everybody. And you're dealing in mixed groups there when it, it's adults and kids all training together. So sometimes it's a good lesson for the kids to take a bit of responsibility. Sometimes the white belt in there is a 40-year-old businessman who's just come from his job at the bank. Has, no, you're the lowest of the low. It's your job to sweep the floor. Again, I don't think the humility thing does any harm. But it's the enforcedness of it that's a problem. From my own point of view, and I used to do it when I ran my own club for the association, I've always done it myself in my own clubs. And I def even when I was teaching kids, I would do it myself. And certainly in my adult class, I get there first because I'm opening up. I've got the keys. Nobody can get in without me. Um, so as long as I'm on time, there's nobody else there. It's my dojo. I sweep the floor. Uh, but what happens now is that well, we turn up, I might be moving kit in, I'm doing something else. Whoever fancies it just goes and gets the broom out of the cup and sweeps the floor. So there's no formality at all. As long as somebody does it, it gets done. But this notion that it's somebody's job specifically, well, I feel if it's anybody's job, it's mine. Because I'm the guy who's running the dojo. Yeah, and I, I, I do the same, really. Um, the, the, the school gym that we used to hire, Mm -hmm. um that was that was actually really nice that was that was um swept and cleaned before we got there so it was washed and mopped down mm -hmm. um so it had been pointless us doing it there because it was you know it was, <laughs> it was it was spotless it was it was really good um but the, um i mean we, we've got the luxury of mats now as well so i have to get there early to put the mats down and, and again you know we, we do our clean them every, every few weeks we disinfect them um and that's me you know i, I think whether well, they're my mats you know i, I want to keep them in good condition so I'm generally doing it. I've, I've had other students who offer. They go, oh, "Do you want me to do that? Why do you do this?" I say, "That's all right." I'm, you know, if 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 I'm not got anything else to do at the time, I'm quite happy to do it. 
I say, um, mm. got no, no problem. The church hall that I, I hire, that that is filthy. And, you know, if I've got time, I'll sweep it before we start. Um, and again, we put mats down there anyway, so sort of sweep it before we put the mats down. But um, yeah. having mats is quite nice. But <laughs> it's, it, it, it's the notion, though, yeah. that it is somebody's job. Mm. Yeah. And, and it comes down to where you are in the hierarchy. That just is another thing to put you in your place. And again, I can see it as a tool with kids to give them some sort of level of responsibility. Well, you've got sort of the leading by example as well, haven't you, really? Well, but yeah. I'm doing I, I, this, you know. <laughs> that's what I do. You know, yeah. that's always been my thing. And again, when I used to run the kids club, I would sweep my own floor because I just felt that that was my job. And particularly when I taught in the school hall in Maple Cross, because I'd go down there to an after school club. It's where they used to set the tables up and have their school dinners. So the mm. floors, by the time I went in there at half three, quarter to four, we're in a parlour state, you wouldn't want to train on them. But again, what happens is if you do it yourself, then not all kids, there'll be some who will respond and others who won't. But as you say, it's the, oh, can I do that for you? Mm. And for them, it becomes, oh, yeah, okay, no, I'll let you, and you've let them do it. Mm. And they seem to quite like that. And then it becomes a thing about, oh, can I do it this week? Can I? Yeah. Rather than, no, you're the lowest of the low. This is your job. You've got to do that. Just to prove that, that you are. Definitely a sort of cultural thing. I mean, in Angry White Pajamas, he talks about that, doesn't he? Having to clean the dojo floor because they're the scum. Mm-hmm. So that's... Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would... Well, I do clean it myself. So... Moving on from that then, what else have we got? We've got the excitement of the use of the word sensei. Play tools in the dojo. Mm-hmm. Who wants to kick off? Well, again, okay, I'll I'll do it because I know what Brian will say, and I would have said exactly the same thing. I used to use it in context for the kids as a thing, just because, apart from the fact that it went with the culture of it, and I was more ingrained in the culture back in those days, it was they had to call me something and you're trying to instill a level of, I hate to use the word respect, but it's it's one of those things that you don't want to be on first name with all the five and six-year-olds, first name terms that they can just interrupt you all the time because it gets very casual then. Mm. You need, and you need, it's like herding cats, a kid's class. You need to keep a level of distance, I think. So I'd, I'd use it for the kids' classes. Um, I don't use it intentionally for the adult classes that I run now. I'm not bothered. You know, Bob is fine. That's all I am. And that's all I've ever cared to be. But depending on who comes in, some people insist on doing it. And if they're more comfortable with that than not, that's fine. I tend to get referred to it online occasionally because, again, I expect it's like if you don't know the person, then you default to it. So people who don't know you who are referring to you tend to give you the title. And I'm not fussed about that. The people who self-apply it is a different story again. <laughs> Culturally, that's wrong anyway. You should never. Yeah, refer- I know, I know. But this is the whole thing: is that we're applying cultural baggage to something, and a large proportion of the people applying the cultural baggage have no idea of what they're doing it, yeah. or what the culture yeah. is. So they, yeah. they just sort of fuck it up all the time. To be fair. I'm trying to think of a polite way of putting it, but there isn't a polite way of putting it. They're just fucking idiots. 
and self-important <laughs> fucking idiots as well most of the time. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah Bob's already said it there. There you <laughs> was go. Was that a step too far, perhaps? <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm the same. I, I, funny enough, the Aikido club that I go to, they do all the formal bowing at the beginning, and, and, it, and it's it, say very sort of Japanesey. Uh, whereas we first first name terms to the instructors, um, and I found that a bit weird because I thought, well, they, they seem very traditional and want to follow the culture. But then, you know, I, I'll say, oh, Tim, can you help us with this? Or was um, sometimes I call her Sensi just because I, th I think, oh, maybe she wants to be called Sensi. I don't know. So then there's a that misunderstanding. You know, you just don't know. But they never complain about you know first names and everybody else does it you know so it's not it's not that I'm doing it and being disrespect, disrespectful well that's the thing is you, if you fit into the culture that you're yeah. in don't you yeah um, but certainly for, for me yeah with, with, with the seniors I, I just kind of feel we're all grown-ups you know what I mean I, I don't I don't need I'm not I don't feel any more important than anybody else in the club you know and uh, oh I do <laughs> but I mean yeah again with us kids Generally, we try and make the kids do it because that's just for the kids. Although you get called sir or miss, I mean, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, what their teachers look like. You can't make those assumptions these days, Andy, just because you've got a beard. No, that is true. So, yeah, I mean, you get called all sorts of things, but generally you don't want the first name terms with the kids. With the adults, don't really care. Mm -hmm. But you get people who have been at other clubs who just automatically call you sensei. And just like you said, Bob, I don't really cares if they're comfortable we're all grown-ups it's chill. yeah 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 well that's the thing it would be equally pompous to try and make an issue of it the other way yeah saying oh no 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 you mustn't call me that you must call me by for my first so where's the difference there i'm still imposing a behavior on somebody who's a grown-up who doesn't need it imposed on them you do get some horrified looks sometimes from visitors when someone's calling you andy or mm -hmm. wanker or, or, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's another one we should probably actually discuss is swearing in the dojo because tradition, well, traditionally, I'm doing the rabbit ears there for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Swearing in the dojo was a taboo thing. If we swore in the dojo when I was a young adult, <laughs> it happened. I can't imagine such a thing ever happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, you couldn't swear in the dojo, whereas, again, People swearing the street. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, again, I can do it. Do it without any swearing. I've proved that in times in the past. Like okay. so I taught. I taught children for many, many years, and I never had an issue, and I never had any trouble, and it was never an issue. But in a grown-up circumstance where I'm teaching adults, and I wouldn't say there's a lot of swearing in my dojo from anybody other than me. <laughs> just because that's my normal conversational tone. So, you know, I can explain a subject, I can explain a topic, I can do something, but if we start talking about more general things, then I'll drop back into the vernacular because that's just what I do in conversation. Um, but there are times also when, depending on what you're doing, it's called for. Yeah, you know, you, you need, it's part of the conditioning and part of what you're doing. But if you're only doing, and again, we'll do the whole, inverted commas bunny ear thing for the term traditional if you're only doing the traditional thing then there's no place for it necessarily yeah yeah, yeah so that's in the context of what you're doing isn't it yeah really yeah, yeah. so 
That was me. Whoa, excellent. I don't know whether swearing is, as a, as a cultural thing, I don't know if they swear massively in Japan anyway. I mean, in society, they're generally quite polite to each other, aren't they? You know? Well, well, that's the thing. I don't know. This is an assumption we make looking from a distance, and I, I have no direct cultural reference for that. I've had dealings with Japanese on the business side, and I've had business meetings with people and met on formal occasions. But I've never worked there, I've never lived there, and I do not know anything about daily Japanese life. So when I went to Japan, um, and we went training, so it wasn't in like one of the main dojos, it was, we were in a, we went to a place in the sticks where my friends lived, and they had their sensei, and we went to the local place, and it's like a fucking great sports hall. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, so the kids are doing karate, and we're sitting and watching, and there's younger kids who people have brought, and they're just wandering about generally at what, parts of the hall mm -hmm. and then the adults class comes up and we're like right we're all lining up and that and there's kids just running around screaming all over the fucking place mm -hmm. and I was like this is way more lax than anything I ever saw in the west yeah mm -hmm. now I don't know if that is was typical because that was the only dojo we visited mm -hmm. or in Japan I didn't do the I'm on holiday in Japan I'm going to train everywhere every day I actually went and saw some cultural things and you know it's some touristy things mm -hmm. and uh and yeah, it was it was weird. It was so laid back. It was it was insane. It's funny when you when you started that. You said when I went to Japan, I thought you were going to go not the birthplace of karate. <laughs> I haven't been to Okinawa, the birthplace, birthplace of karate, <laughs> or at least somewhere it passed through on its way from some magic place in China. Well, we all know it. Genghis Khan, really, don't we? <laughs> As played by John Wayne. Um, but it's interesting. So yeah. I was going to jump back to what Andy said that um, <laughs> you, 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 you thought it was way more relaxed than you'd imagine it'd be, and and the way we train in the West, you know. And I think there is an issue that we do try and we we, we overdo it. I reckon <laughs> that's what I think. You know, so I, I think we we try too hard. Yeah. Again, my feeling. Well, I don't I, actually. I don't. No. <laughs> well, I don't think any of us do. But my feeling is. Don't see it a lot is that it becomes the big part of what you do this is the karate experience uh, and that mock culture the western version of japanese culture becomes the most important thing and a lot of the training is just going through the motions the training is ancillary to what you're going there for you're not really going there for the physicality and what you're doing all right you're getting some exercise and you're going through your grades and getting your belts but the culture is what people are going to those classes for, I think, more so than the training, more, if that makes more sense. More important than kicking ass. Yes. <laughs> Something wrong there. Um, and what they're looking for is not... Yeah. It, it's like the... I looked at some stuff on Bushido the other day, but it's like the chivalric code over here and all these things. There's a romanticised version of these things that paints a picture in people's heads, and that's what they want to aspire to. Again, as we said before, many times, people are looking for reassurance, not reality. And I think on a cultural level, they're looking for something reassuring, a place where they can go and there's order from the chaos. It's all different and exciting, isn't it? It's quite new when you first go, oh, look at this, it's all a bit different, it's all a bit mm -hmm. lovely. And then the Japanese are looking over again, oh, look, it's all a bit lovely, it's all a bit different. It's just different and it gives you a sense of excitement, potentially, when you first start. Yeah. But, but it's like evaluating medieval life through a visit to Warwick Castle. 
Mm. You know. Yeah. It's quite a nice castle, too many people. <laughs> what I found. I think as far as any of us are concerned, that's just the world in general, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Nice place, too many people. So moving on to one that's just going to show that we're sitting here saying, oh, we think this and we think that, and it will just show that we're all talking a load of shit. Yeah. Is Japanese language. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm pretty sure all three of us still use some. Yeah. None of us yeah. are actually fluent in Japanese. No. Nope. And from, again, my time when I went to Japan and we were doing that, the people we visited obviously were fluent in Japanese. Um, and the pronunciation is shit, generally, in this country. Yes. And, and the, Well, to be fair, we call it karate. We're not even doing that right. I was <laughs> going to come to that. That's what, yeah. <laughs> and then, frankly, I always think, oh, maybe I should pronounce it correctly. And I think, it's harder. <laughs> and, and it's not our culture. And you're making an issue out of something that isn't part of the ethos of what we do. Hang on, that sounds like I'd fit in with modern day life if I did that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's maybe a step too far. Getting offended on somebody else's behalf. <laughs> Excellent, I'm in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I use some Japanese terms. Mm-hmm. I don't know Japanese terms for everything. And then, I mean, sometimes you'll see something and you go, oh, when you did the follow-up, what were you doing? And I'm like, I don't even know which fucking move that is. And I've got to go and look it up. Yeah. I only, and I only use the very basics of it, probably. It's a sad thing to say. And I probably knew a lot more of it 10 years ago than I do now, if that makes sense. Because I came up through that, and again, I'd learn all the terms. I knew all the stuff and what every move was. And these days, I've just got the basics. But my argument for using Japanese terminology would be exactly the same for using French in ballet, or like Philip does, using Italian in music. It's just the accepted international notation for these. It's the common language that everybody understands these basic terms. So to to go to the English terms then makes it problematic for people you teach to then go somewhere else and know what the fuck anybody's talking about. Yeah, so it's interesting about, because it just made me think of something that has been on my mind recently, actually, um, and it's, it's the way we translate some of their words. So, agi-uki, all the ukis, in fact, ukis mm-hmm. to receive, yeah? So, we all say rising block, outside block, inside block, down block, yeah. um, knife hand block, um, and I've, I've been having a bit of an issue with that myself lately, actually, doing because I don't ever ever use it as a block. You know, blocks are pretty useless, aren't they? Really? You know. Um, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it depends uh, on your you, definition of what a block yes, is. Yeah. Well, I'm going on the, the reaction uh, action beats reaction kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. No, that's um, fine. So I, I, because because I use Aggie. Agiyuki is as, as a strike. So my right. So now, do I call it a rising block or a rising strike? Or a rising reception? Yeah. See, see that seems yeah. weird to, to, to call it. Yeah. yeah. You could call it all those things, and all the yeah. pedants will crawl out of the woodwork saying this, that, and the other. Whereas if you just call it agiyuki, then it doesn't matter. That's just what it is. It's this shape, and this is what I do with it. But then you often translate it, don't you? You say, and this is this is this is. Always be, you know, if going back from when I first learned Kai, it's like step forward, Agyuki, rising block. So you'd say Japanese immediately followed by the English. Yeah. And you, 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 so that, yeah. Yeah. the trick is drop the English or drop the Japanese. 
No, because then you have to define what the move is in any given situation that you're doing it in. We've been through this before as well. When you give something a label, as well, you really, yeah, which, you're restricting it. it to that thing as well, aren't you? But this is this is the point I'm trying to make there. Use of Japanese language. You say agiyuki. It is entirely a shape and a set of body mechanics. It does not, yeah. from the way we use it, imply a usage. As soon as you translate it to the English, you have to explain the usage that you're putting it to at any given time. But that's yeah. That, that... So, okay, so you say, oh, we're going <laughs> to step forward, Agiyuki. So what's that then? <laughs> well, it's, uh, well, it's this. Yeah. You, I suppose you could just do this. Yeah, it, it is this. Yeah, but, uh, but people, want that, to, yeah, people will often want a translation, won't they? So, they will, yeah. but this is the point uh, of Keon. Uh, mm. We're going way off topic now, is that you're not learning purposes, you're learning body mechanics in Keon. Mm. You're learning how to move, make the shapes, and what dynamics are involved in what particular movement. But we label them in Keon so that we can put a picture in people's heads, or we, traditionally we did. And this is where we're hitting the fallout now, this notion that, well, we call it English, we call it this, and should it be that, or should it be that, or should it be that? No, the terminology that we're using from Japanese should just be the descriptive words for that set of body mechanics, and it shouldn't carry the baggage of usage with it. It may have done originally in the Japanese. Yeah. All I'm saying is the way we use it, it should purely be about describing that set of body mechanics and the shape. How far does that go? So let's think, uh, I don't know, teaching throwing. Mm -hmm. Each throw has got a name. I can never remember them all, to be honest. No. And is that just, is that throw then teaching the body mechanics of that? Or is it, I don't know. Is that teaching a particular throw, which is actually, and that's well, where it starts getting messy, I think. It does because you're then talking about compound movements as opposed to single movements. Uh, and this is, we're, we're sort of moving on to the physical training aspect. It's the same with combinations of movements. You know, if you put Agiyuki Yakazuki together, or like the traditional, it's a block and a counter. But no, those two movements can be fitted together to use for a lot of things. But if you had a specific thing that those two movements went through, then they would end up with a third label. And this is what you got with a throw. A throw is a word for a set of compound movements. So it's a specific term. Does that make sense? Am I, you know, I'm trying to overcomplicate yeah. something. Think, That's what I'm just trying to get my head around whether it is or it isn't. I mean, so another thing, there's movements in Kata that I don't know the names of because I frankly don't know the names of them. No. And then you go, so... How uh, should, if I'm going to use the Japanese terms, should I know the terms for those movements really? And that's where I sort of think, yeah, whatever I say on this, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I know the ones I know and I don't know the ones I don't know. Yeah. Well, frankly, yeah. well, cool. I mean, I know one of my students, he does Aikido. One of his things in his Aikido syllabus is they have to understand all the Japanese. So he has like 40 odd moves for first down, and then he has to know the reverse then, and he has to know it all in Japanese. And it's basically sometimes just swapping the same two words around. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'd love to go and do some of that with him, but I frankly cannot be asked to learn the terms. It was part of the structure I came up through, uh, and you would test it all the time on your kata. And certainly once you got to Black Belt and beyond, you could be stopped anywhere in your kata, no matter what you're doing, and you had to be able to say what you were doing at that time. So you had to know the Japanese terminology of every move as it was written in the book for every stage of the kata. 
didn't have to know what it was for, just what it was called. No, you had to know what it was called. There, there was never any requirement to know what something was for. Although I did get tested on some applications for my showdown um, for techie, strangely enough. But I just made some shit up at the time because you could use it for this. You could, And it's what I understood at the time. But no, it wasn't a requirement. So nothing's changed there, though, Bob. No, no, I still, I still just make some shit up, and I still don't know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but no, I was required to know all the names of every move in the kata. Uh, but the labels I use now are the ones that are relevant to what I do, and the others I've dropped, and I will describe those in English, because typically, if they don't come under the heading of classic Keon, the only place you see those moves are in the kata. And I'm either doing the kata, so I'm making the shapes, or I'm teaching a function. And then if I'm teaching, I'm teaching a function, I'm teaching a concept, and I have to explain it in English. So yeah, knowing that, knowing what that shape means is pointless. And it comes back to earlier. If you've done some of the basic Japanese stuff and some of the basic stuff that if they go somewhere else, they will recognize it. Yeah. Um, and whilst that's probably not the biggest thing on my agenda, of if they go somewhere else, then they're you know, that's fine, but... Well, it would be if it wasn't for the loyalty issues involved in that, which is part of the cultural baggage, which we completely skipped <clears throat> over. Well, we haven't got to that yet, have we? Yeah, but I mean, we... So... You've, you've got about a minute, I think, have you? Any, yeah. of, any of the kids I've had who have gone to university, I usually say to them, go and do judo. Don't do karate, because you'll go there and you'll go, 99 times out of 100, it seems. They'll come back and they'll go, I went to the karate club and I'm like, yeah. what was that all about? I said, we didn't hit anything for a whole lesson. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I told you that's going to happen. They went, we didn't do any bunkai. I told you that. And, and it's nothing like they imagine. And they generally don't want to do it because it's different. Mm. Yeah. And on that note... I've got to go, yes. You've got to go. So <laughs> we'll pick this up at another stage. <laughs> Because I think we've probably ended up with as many questions for more discussion than we have with answers to the things we were covering. So I like that. Well, good. We'll revisit it then. Right. Cool. Off you go. Merry Christmas and bollocks. And you. See you later. Piss off. We didn't bow out or anything. No, us. <laughs>